0: From the creators of the hit kids podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild, comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories,
1: affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly. I got to say, love the name Max. That's my my puppy dog's <laughs> name. Uh, who have just recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time packed with puzzles. Hidden equations, history, and laughs—it actually makes learning pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Now I listened to this with my son, and it was so fun to listen to. I loved how modern it was, with like cool ant that they really dug, and like they dealt with bullies. Uh, my son also enjoyed all the math involved; like he thought it was really cool.
1: Well, and I have to say, I love anything that brings learning and fun together for kids. I really, really wish that something like this was around for my teens when they were younger. We would have absolutely devoured this on our car trips. It would have been amazing. It's perfect for kids ages six and up, and new episodes drop every Thursday.
0: So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. I am your host Joanne Crone, joined here by my polka dotted co-host Bree Tucker. Why, hello, hello, everybody. How are you? Polka. It's like the oompa, I I tried to do that with my nephew Torsten. He was like, uh, we called him Rave Baby because we like my sister would bounce him up and down.
1: We go, and I could not get the uns thing. I was like, yeah, no, I definitely have no future in being a beatbox for a band. So sorry if you were thinking brie would be the perfect you know mix to your band as the beatbox yeah i can't even do the drumming thing without being offbeat like i just sorry no. to burst your bubble all I think all that's of why, you like, who are
0: gonna recruit her
1: I, I think that's why i like punk because the beat is so loud and so fast you just yeah it just you can't mess it up yeah the beat is hard because
0: I'm, i'm still playing piano and oh, like yes. trying to get the rhythm of it is so difficult. Like I can do the rhythm if I if I hear the rhythm, I could like mimic the rhythm. But I can't do it if I'm just reading the notes and I'm like one and two. Uh,
1: what what what? <laughs> like nothing sounds right. <laughs> oh, and I'm going to do a plug and ask you to share your app again because we get emails all the time, all the people time. asking me for that piano app. And so. it's basically like Guitar Hero, but for a real piano. Yes, That's what you I said, would yeah. agree. <laughs> it looks like I saw it on her phone. So what app is that again? It's
0: called uh, Simply Piano. Yeah, and they have a Simply guitar as well yeah and they have simply guitar I haven't used that too much but I've been using a lot of simply piano and I can I know a lot of chords now which I didn't know before
1: okay which is so funny because I brought my old piano books because I used to play piano when I was Mm -hmm. younger but I never really graduated out of easy piano because my piano was just I wanted to be able to play Tom Petty oh yeah i that's right? all I want to play. I just want to play pop music. When Beneath My Wings. I think my first sheet music I ever had was uh, Can't Fight This Feeling oh, Anymore by uh, Ario uh, Speedway. Yep, yep, mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
0: no. Yeah. Uh, yep. I, I played a lot of Celine Dion.
1: Right? <laughs> so like you play what you love. So yes. <laughs> so it's funny when you say that about chords, because I'm like, I don't know what chords were. I just know that the little notes were there and I played them. No. So I didn't know what chords were either. And I didn't like I, I never
0: really liked piano because... It was just these simple melodies. And I'm like, I need more action. And then I was watching. Oh, my gosh. And I'm going to totally forget her name. Um, her name is Amanda. And her husband, Nick Cordero, actually yes. he passed away from COVID. Yes. I remember So story. I follow Amanda a lot. And she was learning piano. Aww. And she's like, here's my first song in the piano. And she's playing. Like, it looks like a very, very complicated song. And I'm like, what? I want to do this. And you just started playing. How is this possible? Now through the app I'm using, I realize that she's playing
1: chords. And once you know chords, like you sound pretty impressive. Really? Yeah. Okay. Maybe I need to go back. Well, actually, I don't have my piano right now. My sister has it.
0: Yeah, cuz it's just like it's beating out a rhythm or it's like it's really like you can get really impressive really fast if yeah. you learn chords. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. So piano, yay. It's, it's really... really about finding that as we talked about in Calm and Happy Parenting, that unicorn time, that space that's just for you. It's not for your family. It's something that makes you more interesting. <gasps> speaking... And that's my piano.
1: Yeah, okay. So speaking of that, mm-hmm. I just signed up for something just for me. I know you yeah. Literally, like just as you were doing the sound check for this episode, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm finally going to do it. It's been like three years since Mm -hmm. I've done this, but I signed up for paddleboard yoga. Yeah, that's awesome. And I committed to like six weeks, which is a big deal for Brie. I get scared doing anything more than like one week in advance. (laughs) So. The fact I signed up for six weeks. I'm so excited. So Yeah. And, and then I, we did something else just for us this weekend. Yes, we did the kayaking,
0: which we'll have to save that story for
1: another episode. I know. Because there was
0: a story involved. There in the was
1: <laughs> there was a story involved. It also involved Brie getting a talking to that she no. needed. <laughs> she needed.
0: So stay tuned for that but one.
1: I did want to so I will say this about the paddleboard yoga. You yes. said that piano was boring. You needed more of a challenge. Yeah. That's why I like paddleboard yoga because mm-hmm. it's yoga with the added challenge of don't (laughs) fall in it's true it is yeah like the whole time you're doing the pose you're like okay okay peaceful peaceful proud warrior don't fall in don't fall
0: in don't fall in (laughs) it is adding a little little more trickery to the yoga indeed indeed well today we have a uh, a new thing that we're doing and we want to do on the regular It's listener questions.
1: Yes. So, hey, hopefully all of you guys know what we're talking about. And if you don't, where were you on this, guys? Like, So we are doing a submission now for listener questions. So we're hoping that this is going to become a monthly thing. As long as you guys keep giving us questions, we can keep making this every month. Mm-hmm. So this is our very first listener question episode for the... Uh, which month is this going to be? For June. For June. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. like we're recording. We're still in June. Sometimes it's a little tricky. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so this... We were going to do a couple, but we talked about it some more. And We think we're going to just going to... We're going to focus on one listener per episode. Mm-hmm. So this one is from a listener, Peggy. From Peggy. Yep. And uh, we will get into Peggy's question right
0: after... This important message. (laughs) (laughs) And I say that jokingly, but hey guys, you know what? My book is coming out, Me and My Friendships. It is on pre-order right now at Amazon.com. And what's very, very cool is that I have a special pre-order bonus for you. Uh, I've created a class just for your kids on how to be a better friend. It's called Really Good Friendships. You get it free just from pre-ordering Me and My Friendships, which is a book for your kids off Amazon.com. And to get your pre-order bonus, go to NoGuiltMom.com slash Friendships, And now, on with the show. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids, and we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible, and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. Okay, so Peggy submitted a question to us. So hi, Peggy. How are you?
1: Woohoo! And oh, by the way, if we choose your question like we have chosen Peggy's, yes. we will be sending you a No Guilt Mom goodie for sharing your experience and, and letting us have the opportunity to help answer and support you. Yep. So here is
0: Peggy's question. I can't seem to get my kids ages two, four, and six to bed on time because they're always waiting for me to come upstairs. And then separate question. They're also struggling for the TV remote immediately when they get home. How can I handle that? So we have two questions really from Peggy. Yes. We have the bedtime routine question, and then we have the TV remote, which is a very, very separate issue. So let's start with the bed- bedtime thing first, because I feel like everybody at one point or another has struggled with bedtime.
1: Yes. And it's really interesting because when we were looking at this issue, both of us feel very strongly that the majority of those bedtime issues all revolve around one major thing, Mm -hmm. the bedtime routine. Yes. And I'm not saying that it's any failure of this, but Normally, if you can come back to a real solid bedtime routine, it ends up taking care of the majority of the issues.
0: And if you're like, I can't do a routine; it's too much. You have a routine already. Yeah. It's the routine where your kids are screaming, they're fighting bedtime. You try to put them in their bed. They want you to read like five dozen stories to them, and then they you don't leave, want you to leave. You and- come back,
1: you leave, you come back. anybody ever read that book <laughs> uh, that they had that Kim out- Jackson? Yeah, that's Kim yeah. L. Jackson. <laughs> I was immediately, like, what right? I went to. Go Uh,
0: the F to sleep is what it's called. Yes. (laughs) I will add a link to that one. We're not going to talk about it in
1: the episode, but we will add a link to it. It's hilarious. Yes. So
0: you have a routine already. It's just not the routine you want. And it's not the routine that's best serving your kids and making it easier in your life for them to go to sleep. Because once you have a bedtime routine, oh, it gets so much easier. Routines are hard though. Like I think we put a lot of expectations on ourselves when we do routines. We're like, okay, if we just set these steps in place, say first they take a bath, then I tuck them in, then I read a story, bam, that's how it should go each night. And then you kind of expect it to go that way each night and you're really down on yourself
1: when it doesn't. Right. Or you're just trying to start it and you may have one good day and then a bad couple of days. Mm -hmm. And then by the time you're on that second bad day, I think most of us are ready to throw in the hat. Yeah. Especially when you have more than one kid. And like my heart goes out to you, Peggy, you have got three kids under the age of six. I mean, that's... That's a that's lot. A, that's a lot of hard parenting. It's a right lot. There. And
0: Peggy, you know what? It's going to get a lot easier. It, it is. really is. This, I think, is like having young kids is the most exhausting time in parenting. It I is. Mean, our kids are now like tweens and like school age. It is. It gets much easier.
1: It does. Imagine there's a life not far away from you where the kids bathe themselves.
0: Yes, they bathe, and you don't and even have to themselves. go in. In
1: fact, they tell you not to come in. <laughs> so- <laughs> The worst I get in this stage is the whole coming out of the shower and like, I'm out of deodorant, I'm out of toothpaste, I'm out of shampoo. I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. could you have told me before you got to the end of the bottle? That's like the worst I get right now.
0: in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains, or just click on the link in our show notes.
1: This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic medical grade ingredients. What was your routine for your kids when they were younger? So I went with the classic Mm -hmm. and I kind of look at it as like, you know, that Coca-Cola classic. I went with the bath, book and bed. Mm -hmm. You know, when we talk about bedtime routines in early childhood, they do typically suggest that it be no more than three steps. Mm -hmm. It's just that's a simple routine that no more than three steps is something that most parents can practice and stick to. And anything more than that is also difficult for the child to get into the flow of. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we did almost every night. And if we did have a night where something happened and we got off on one of those, it was harder for all of us to go to sleep. Yeah. But the more that you do a bedtime routine, it signals to your body that it's time to start chilling out, falling asleep, and you're... your children start to naturally become more sleepy and their body is ready for it and they fight it less. Mm-hmm. But it does take time to get to that point. It does take time, yeah. Ours yeah, well, was, was
0: bathroom. So like I didn't, I confession, did not make my kids bathe every night. I did not. And okay, real confession here. Sometimes they went a week without bathing. Sometimes my son even like goes a week without bathing. We're like, when's the last time you take a bath? He's like, oh, two Tuesdays ago. We're like, mm, it's time. But...
1: <laughs> But it's one of those... When your clothes (laughs) start to walk away from you, it's It's time. It's one
0: of those things (laughs) that, like... Uh, I mean, I can go on a whole thing with the whole bathing, but I used to be a camp counselor where we had a water shortage and we would go like us counselors like a week, a week and a half, like being out in the woods with no bathing. And I remember that parents used to come up and be like, what? I need my bath. Like once a day, we're like, sorry, there's no water. So I have a very interesting interpretation of the whole bathing. But anyways, we do bathroom. You have to go use the bathroom. Then we did cuddles um, and then it was sleepy time. And so when my kids were younger, we did a lot of cuddle time. I would be like in their bed with them or on the floor with them. And that was just my personal preference. It's what helped me relax and I found that it was when they were most talkative as well. And so we could just talk with each other and like I could also do sleep strategies with them when I was cuddling. So it's like, oh, I can't fall asleep. Okay, well, let's do some deep breathing and teach that during that time as well. Oh, cool. Yeah. So it's, it's different for everybody. It's all what you're good with. Yeah. It's really what you're good with and know that there's a huge
1: variety and that there's no right way. Yeah. Well, one thing that I like that you talked about on there was the cuddles, Mm -hmm. which I mean, can be part of the book stage on there, too. But the reason that the cuddles was great was because you're addressing a big issue that I think you might be running into, Mm -hmm. Peggy, with your kids at the end of the day for whatever reason, not necessarily by the fault of yours, but for whatever reason, their emotional cup is a little low. Mm-hmm. So perhaps your children are feeling a little bit lonely and that's why they keep calling you back in mm-hmm. or waiting and not going to bed until you come upstairs. So the best strategy that helps with that is to have that set time that you give to your kids during their bedtime routine. Yeah. Since you have three kids, I would say equality across the board. So pick whatever time frame works for you. Maybe that's five minutes of one-on-one time with each kid at bed. Maybe it's 10 minutes. I probably wouldn't do more than like 10 or 15 unless you're cool with this taking, you know, an hour to put the kids to bed. And sometimes to
0: kind of go off that equality thing, know that like fairness isn't always equal. And that's something that we said a lot in teaching. Like your two-year-old might need more time with you than your six-year-old does. And what is fair to like your two-year-old's needs may not be equal to what you give your six-year-old. And that is okay because they're both at like different developmental likes points so if you try like the equalness and you're like your two-year-old just like goes
2: Bleh!
0: or like any of your kids do it's just a sign they need a little more emotional reassurance from you so if it goes wrong with the equal I would say like you know it, it might be a fairness issue
1: where one may need more than the other well, I will say if you do that, though, you have to have a conversation with the other kids. Yes. Because mm-hmm. and and hope that they understand that. True.
0: But it's also like fairness is not the same as equality.
1: <laughs> I'm bobbing my head back and forth on that one. Different but that's okay. people
0: need different things. They, and it's, it's cool that you disagree because yeah. I like it that you disagree because like... In teaching, like some kids get more attention from the teacher than other kids because mm-hmm. they need it at that point in time. It's right. not to say that it'll be that way forever, but at that point in time, they need that attention to get over a specific hump that they are struggling with.
1: Right. So, so again, you'll figure out what works for you and your family. I would mm-hmm. always recommend that you do need to go, though, to kind of nod in the direction that Joanne's talking about. Your youngest should always be the one that gets that cuddle time first. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of the fact of what Joanne was just saying too, that your youngest is going to probably need the most emotional support for bedtime. So youngest goes first, oldest goes last. Also because like if you're looking at it in terms of bedtime, the oldest probably can stay up a little bit longer than the others. And again, we're not talking about you spending half an hour with each kid Uh, that's a bit excessive, but maybe doing like, again, like the five, 10, 15 minutes, whatever it is that you feel like you can do without running out of your emotional cup and what you have available at the end of the day. Because it's the end of the day, we are tired too as parents. And if you are cranky, because you're exhausted or you're falling asleep in the bedroom with the kids and not getting through putting all of them to bed, that's not helping you either. And it's setting them up with what we call negative sleep associations, where your children feel like they cannot go to sleep without you being there. And I'm just saying that if you are falling asleep and staying in bed with them for a long period of time, it can make things a lot harder as time goes on.
0: Yeah, and also you don't have to do this alone. Like if you do have a parenting partner, like split that up because that's what we did in my house. Like mm-hmm. my husband would take one kid, I would take the other kid. It wasn't me going back and forth. So if you do have that option, it's a great option. Don't feel like it's all on yourself.
1: Right, and if you're at that stage too where your kids are like, we only want one parent, which is a completely normal developmental stage for the age group you've got going on mm-hmm. for your two, your four, and sometimes with your six-year-old, It's fine to let them know that, you know, mom or dad will be there when we can. But in the meantime, we're going to like maybe alternate Mm -hmm. so that everybody gets a chance with each parent. And again, it's common for them to want just one parent. But that doesn't mean that you have to meet that need. It doesn't mean that it has to be all on one parent to do Mm -hmm. the tucking in at night. So
0: we're giving you a lot of options here to play with. So don't feel like you need to do everything, but just take a little bit. So, so far, we've talked about a bedtime routine that works for you. Seeing if your kids need their emotional cup filled. And then our
1: third one is going to be, this is a huge, huge one that helps in so many different ways. Cut out the screen time before bedtime. Oh, yes. Okay, so, and this is one that I know a lot of people feel very emotional about. So we're just going to come at it from the scientific side of things. It has been proven in studies that the blue lights from screens affect your child's brain in a way that um, it actually confuses the brain into thinking that it's time to wake up instead of falling asleep. It suppresses the production
0: of melatonin. (laughs) That's what happens. The melatonin is that sleep chemical that you see melatonin on the shelves, but our body produces it naturally. Right. Right. And when you get blue light, it's stopping that from producing.
1: And just a couple of minutes ago, you know, I was talking about negative sleep associations. Mm-hmm. Going to bed with screens is what we call a negative sleep association. It's a supping that you use to fall asleep that doesn't help your body and makes it more difficult to fall asleep. Mm-hmm. I know plenty of grownups that are like, hey, but I always fall asleep with the TV or plenty of people that are like, hey, we turn on this nighttime I forget what it's called, but I know that there's some channel out there that has like a nighttime bedtime routine that your kids oh, are supposed to watch. I haven't heard of this one, yeah. Oh, gosh. You know, I, wanna, no. I, I wanted to say PBS, but I know it's not PBS. <laughs> but it's something where they have like a nighttime routine and your kids are supposed to watch it and it's supposed to help them fall asleep because it has lower light levels and they have quiet music and things move slowly. That's to help, but not to be used right before bed. So if you're going to do something like that, great. Just push it to the first step of your bedtime routine. Mm -hmm. So that way your kids have at least half an hour with no blue light, interference to decrease that melatonin that they need to fall asleep I promise you you will see an improvement on how quickly your children fall asleep and mm-hmm. you know what else you'll probably see in many cases a decrease in nighttime waking up and a decrease in nightmares or night terrors in children as well
0: and if they're used to some entertainment before they go to sleep they can
1: switch out that screen with a book <laughs> yeah yeah or they can listen to sounds yeah they can they can listen to music but no light screens mm-hmm. that's really not helpful.
2: I'm willing to bet you'll leave feeling a little inspired and maybe even completely fired up. And you'll probably laugh a few times because I promise we never take ourselves too seriously over here. With 700 episodes to choose from, you're likely going to find something that sparks and speaks to you inside the Shameless Mom Academy.
3: Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder and I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better.
1: And then our our last tip has actually to go back to the sleep routine.
0: Yep, making a routine chart with the bedtime steps. And something that we did is that we printed out the bedtime routine chart and then it was when my son was two or three, we let him decide the order he did it. With, of course, going to bed being the last thing. (laughs) Right? But then he got to decide the order. Like he put in his teeth brushing. He put in using the bathroom. And so he had control over his routine. But the pictures stayed on his wall of what that order was.
1: And that is so great because not only does it give your children the ability to feel like they have power over what's happening in their life. Mm -hmm. Whereas in this age group of toddlerhood and preschoolers, they don't have that feeling of a lot of control. I mean, if you think about it, we tell them when to get up, when to go to sleep, yeah. we tell them what they're eating. Mm-hmm. We pretty much tell them what they're wearing for the most part. Mm-hmm. They don't get a lot of choices. So by letting them make this bedtime routine, it does help them feel like they have more power. And by using pictures for those non-readers, yeah, they can follow through and take some control of their bedtime routine and not have it all be on you. You can just be like, What picture are we on? What step are we on? And they can walk over and point to it.
0: And then you're not responsible for remembering exactly what the routine is or trying to ask them, be like, what are you supposed to do before bed? Because I would get into that. You could just stand and point at the
1: chart, which is my favorite move ever.
0: Right. (laughs) You'd be like, um, right there. Because none
1: of us want to be arguing with our toddler or preschooler. It's not where we want to be, especially at bedtime. We are tired. We want to get moving on. We have actually a lot of blog articles to help with that. So if you want to go to noguiltmom.com, just type in bedtime routines. Like I was researching to see what other articles we'd written, and yeah. oh my goodness, like 10 articles popped up. So oh, there's yeah. A lot, a lot. And the very first one has an example of this whole bedtime routine with pictures. Yeah. So those are all things that I would highly suggest to help with this age group. You've got a tough age group, Peggy, the two, four, and six. They're going to need a lot, but I really, really think that using these four steps or these four tips, You're really going to find your bedtime routine to be a lot more organized, quicker.
0: Yes. And less emotionally draining for you. And remember the routine we said is find a short routine that works for you, whether that's bath book bed, bathroom cuddles bed, whatever it is. Make sure to fill your kid's emotional cup if they are keep getting out of bed and coming to you. Uh,
1: No screens and put those pictures on the wall of the routine. Yeah. Those are all things that Mm -hmm. I really, really think will be super helpful. And Peggy, follow up with us. Let us know how this works for you. Let us know. And if you have a question, Mm -hmm. we would love to have you submit your listener questions. So how do you do that?
0: You can go to noguiltmom.com backslash questions, and we'll have a link for you in the show notes as well.
1: Okay, so let's go on to the second half of her question. Okay,
0: so it was about the fighting and it was struggling for the TV remote immediately when they get home and how can you handle that? So the first thing I would do if, is if you know that this is a constant issue of the TV remote, I would take that TV remote and I would put it someplace that they can't reach it. <laughs> yeah. Because that will just stop the fight right there. And like when you do that, tell them you're doing that. Mm-hmm. And also figure out, okay, what are some good things that we can do to share the TV remote? And you can take it into a problem solving issue. But when the TV remote struggling is happening, before, like if you've gone into like problem solving, if you've thought of that, and if you're questioning, like, how do I go into problem solving? Our course, Calm and Happy Parenting, would help you out a lot. It teaches that entire process. But say they're in it, Brie. They're okay. okay. In it, they're fighting back and forth with the remote.
1: What do they do? Well, first of all, you need to let the kids have a chance to cool down. The biggest, I don't want to say mistake, but the biggest hiccup or challenge that a lot of us parents run into is we try to make it solved right there in the moment where everybody's still upset. Yes. Yes. No, no, no. Doesn't work. Yeah, especially with a two and four-year-old. Nope. Oh, heck mm-hmm. no. Their emotions no, are high. No logical conversation whatsoever will ever work when people are worked up. Right. So definitely give the kids a chance to calm down separately. Don't make them address it while they're still mad. Let them have their space. That's also a big one for a two-year-old mm-hmm. as well because, again, they tend to have a lot of their communication being physical, so they're going to need that space from their siblings if they're mad.
0: And during that time, feel free to take the TV remote and make it yours. Like, yeah. this is mine right Right now yeah we'll we'll discuss it when we all cool down so after they cool down what should they do uh just check in with them check in with each child individually at first and see what is going on usually like i taught my kids i statements where we talk about okay well how do you feel i feel angry okay so i feel angry when and then what happened to make you feel angry and they'll tell you oh she took the tv remote from me or they never let me have the tv remote and so you put it together in one sentence for them. I feel angry when she took the TV remote for me. And you have them repeat it. And you can have them repeat those things as young as two if they're talking.
1: That's what I was going to say next. I know a lot of people out there uh, when we've talked about this, they mm-hmm. say, that won't work for my two or three-year-old. But you did this with your youngest. Yes, I that did young. this.
0: And it was one of those coaxing situations where I said, OK, I feel angry. And he said, I feel angry. <laughs> and then when you, and he says, when you took this from me, took this from me. And it was like a step-by-step like that with yeah. him when he was two.
1: It was a lot of coaching at that age. So we're not saying that they're, it's going to need a lot of coaching from you for your youngest two-year-old. But by, when you start this, but by the time they're like, what, mm-hmm. three, four, they're doing it. Better. They're doing
0: it better. And yeah. uh, then the problem you're going to run into with the six year old is they're going to like run into this huge tangent of everything. Well, it's not fair because da-da-da-da, and, da-da-da-da, and you're like, hold up. Like, yeah. What happened right now? And just get like that short little sentence. I feel blank. I feel mad. I feel angry when they take the TV remote for me or really whatever is bothering them or when they feel angry and just making it simple like that.
1: Yeah. Gets so much out of it. It's not telling them that they can't be upset for those other things. Mm -hmm. But right now, I hear, you. those things are really frustrating. But right now, we're talking about this. Yep. Bringing them back to what we need to talk about.
0: And then when they get better at this, you'll start being like the mediator where you sit them all down and then they tell their I statements to each other so they can hear it. And all you're there for is you're not there as a judge. You're You're not not there there as a ref. No, you're not there to be like, oh, well, that happened. Oh, did you do that? Really? You did that? No, no, that is not your job in this situation. You can think it in
1: your head, but you don't say it out loud. Yeah, your job
0: (laughs) is just to help them get out that I statement to the other person in that very simple way. And if they go off track, be like, we are just talking about this right now.
1: Yeah. Right. And then in some cases they're going to be on step 4 which is offer amends. Yes, ask them like, "Okay, how should we solve this?" Right. It might not be an apology. No. Right. It might not be what we think they need to do, but mm-hmm. let them figure it out because as we all know this, they're siblings. Yeah. None of them are going to be, you know, disappearing. <laughs> they're going to have to learn how to talk to each other mm-hmm. for the rest of their lives. So while we may feel like they need to handle the amends in a certain way, We really can't, should not, not can't. We should not be forcing them to do it that way.
0: Yeah, we don't have to force an apology. What's interesting is that you may ask one of your kids what they want, and all they want is an apology. And if that's the case, then that's an easy fix for them. But again, like the steps again, let them cool down, help them figure out their emotions, use those I statements, and then make amends
1: and try to figure out how to repair the situation. They do. So a big thing to remember, though, is are they still going to fight? Yeah, of course. Yeah, they're still going to fight. It's still going to happen. But this is going to help their communication skills. So they're going to be able to move through it in the future without beating each other up, Mm -hmm. without breaking things in the house. And then guess what else is going to happen? They're going to learn how to handle conflict with others.
0: They are. But, you know, the best time to figure out this problem, if it occurs all the time, is you need to figure it out when the emotions are not high. So you can talk about this remote problem before it happens because you know it's going to happen. And our course, Calm and Happy Parenting, like really coaches you through drilling down to figure out the real reason for the problem. How do you process your own emotions when dealing with kids? Because like we're not robots. We have emotions when our kids start yelling and screaming at each other. And then uh, how to initiate that problem solving too. And we're going to put a link in the show notes to Calm and Happy Parenting.
1: Yeah, there's actually going to be quite a few links in the uh, show notes for this episode. We have some articles we took off of HealthyChildren.org, KidsHealth.org, as well as some of our previous blog posts. So definitely check out those links for some more additional resources. And Mm -hmm. we have information on there, a little short video on how to leave us a podcast review. Yeah, Because if you like the No Guilt Mom podcast, we would love to hear that. Drop us some stars. Leave us an honest review about what your thoughts are, and that'll help us have No Guilt Mom pop up in more people's podcast options. Yes, we would it so spread the word.
0: So appreciate it. We hope that we earned your five stars. And until next time, remember, the best mom's a happy mom. Take care of you. We'll talk to you later.
1: Thanks so much for stopping by.